Texas District. She is speaking elsewhere today, but we have Jim with us, so welcome in, please. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you, brother. Amen. It was good to be at Friendship Church. Are you glad to be at Friendship Church today? Come on, somebody, right? The Lord is good. He is here. He is in this place, and he wants to do something. What a Thank you, worship team, for leading us into worship, and the media team for keeping us on straight with our singing. And Man, I love graduation Sunday. Their whole life is ahead of them. Don't look forward to the gray hairs coming, all right? Just, you know, keep doing what you got to do. Amen. Be praying for these young people as they go out into it. The world is scary, and they're going out there. They're going to change it, right? They're going to do some good things with the help of the Lord. It is so good to be here at Friendship Church. I am Jim, along with my life, wife, Melissa. Uh, we have two girls, Kane and Isabella. We do have the privilege of serving the South Texas District as church health directors. My wife is preaching somewhere else this morning, so I get to misbehave all I want today, right? So well, somebody here has got to keep me in line, all right? She will definitely uh, send you a gift card if you do so. Um, but church health, I, I've been here before, and I know some of you, some of you through some training we did uh, back when Pastor Jason was here. But just to sum up real quick, church health, so everyone has an understand, we provide tools and resources to strengthen the local church. Anything the local church needs to be a strong and healthy church, reaching its community for Jesus Christ, that's what we're going to do. So if it looks like training, we're going to go in and we can do training. If it looks like having to go in and uh, cover, cover them while they're in transition, we'll go in and we'll cover them. If not, me and Melissa will send a team in to make sure that church is healthy and strong the entire time transition takes place. We also do resourcing where church may need something, a soundboard, uh, maybe a camera, something that they just can't afford but they need. We're going to try to find it for them and provide it through them, maybe through one of our other churches in the district or somewhere else that somebody's led us on to or given us uh, access to. Uh, we do mentorships. We have a mentorship program where we take new ministers. We take ministers being called later in life under our wing and we place them with people and we want them to know they don't have to do it alone, right? How many knows it's much more easy to do something new when you're not doing doing it alone, right? You're doing it with somebody. So church health covers so much uh, area that sometimes I forget what I'm doing, right? Uh, but we're just about keeping church open. We believe a strong church will equal a strong America. We believe where there is a church filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, moving on that community, showing them the love of Jesus, treating them and igniting them to this awesome message, the gospel, it will change that community. We believe it will, will make better dads and moms and marriages and kids and youth. It'll make better businesses in that community. It, it'll change the entire leadership of that community. A strong church with the power of Jesus going behind it can do amazing things in that community. So we, you know, how do we fix the things in our nation? It starts right here, folks. Starts right here at the local church. Us being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I want to congratulate you uh, all in your time of transition and how well you've done it. You have been the church. You have made hard decisions. You have prayed. And we congratulate you on your next season. And we are praying with you and here to help in any way uh, going forward. Uh, so give yourselves a round of applause. You have done a great job, Friendship Church. Amen. It doesn't always go as smooth, trust me. I could tell you stories, but we don't have time for that today. Amen. So you, you, deserve, um, you deserve more than a, more than a hand clap. In fact, I won't mention any names, but when the person you voted in comes, he'll, he'll take you all to dinner, okay? Just tell him I said so. 
All right. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble for that. Good thing we're friends, right? We, we love them and we're excited for them and excited for you this morning. Well, let's get into the word today. My message title comes in form of a question. All right, so get ready. Here it comes. The question is this. What's that going to cost me? What's that going to cost me? That's a question you ask a lot, right? You probably wake up sometimes in the morning and go, what is today going to cost me? Depending on where you go, what, where, what is this going to cost me? How is this going to be achieved? What am I going to do, right? You might ask it, depending on the type of shopper you are or the, the, the type of person you take risk, you might ask yourself that maybe once a month or you might ask yourself that all the time. Now, don't look at your spouse and go, that's you, asking all the time, how much is this going to cost, okay? But it's a question we all wonder, and our society wonders it too. When you go into the store, I don't know if it's just me, but recently, you know, I'll go grocery shopping with Melissa and we were over in, the, in one of our favorite sections, the beef section, right? All kinds of meats, stuff. And I'm looking at the price of meat, and I'm going, wow, <clears throat> did I miss something? Do I need to get a cow? Do I need to learn how to butcher? What's happening here, right? So the price, we, we, we all go through society, and we wonder what's going to happen. The price of things uh, impacts our economic success as a nation, right, depending on the goods and the services. What, what is that going to cost me? And the price, unfortunately, at times in the year goes up. And then sometimes it goes down. When, when things are really popular, right, they're expensive. But then when people kind of like, yeah, you know, been there, done that, had that, don't want it anymore, you can really get a good deal. And that's usually when I pick it up, right? I'm usually five steps behind technology, all right, uh, because I, I like a good deal. That's just me, right? But think about that question, what's it going to cost me? Now, when you go to purchase somebody, you're going to go, is this worth the money that they're asking? But that question also comes when you're going to do an activity. Hmm, what's this activity going to cost me? Can I get hurt doing this? Will I throw out my back doing this? Do I think I'm as young as I feel doing this? What, what's going on? We, we, back when we pastored in Texas City, we had a, a fun day. And we had a big, you know, slip and slide, right? These blow up giant slip and slides that were like, you know, 50 foot long. And there was all these people going them. And one of our members who was 74 years old, right? I didn't see this coming. Man, he took off running, and he went down that slide, and he was the only one that made it all the way to the end, right? So obviously he felt like, well, this ain't going to be much risk for me. And the cost of me doing this is I'm going to be A-OK. -okay. Now, he was in great shape. He was an ex-policeman, and so he knew what he was doing. But, right, so when it comes to an activity, what's it going to cost me? When it comes to a life change, God's leading you in a direction, and you're going to make a change in life. Will this better my situation? Is this what God wants for me? Maybe it's an investment you ask that question. Is this cost of this investment, am I going to see it returned? Am I going to lose money? So the cost, what is it going to cost? What is it going to take to accomplish the task or the goal at hand? It's not just about shopping. But it's a question we ask when there is a goal, when there is a challenge, when there is something that we're facing, what is the cost? What am I going to need to do? What is my portion of the sacrifice to see this goal or challenge be met. Cost comes in the subject, unfortunately, in every facet of life. It just does. And it changes, like I said, over the years as well. Now, here's some fun, here's some fun facts for you, all right? You ready for this? 1950, okay? Chevy Corvette. Sticker price, $3,631. I'll take four, right? I mean, think about that. 1950, a Chevy Corvette, $3,631. Today, you're lucky to walk out $110,000, right? Ring, one carat diamond ring, 1950. 
You ready? $399. Right? Today, it could be upwards of $4,000 depending on where you go. Here's some other things. You, men back in the 50s could buy a whole suit, wool, good quality suit, 28 bucks. Right? Electric shaver, $28. Set of foam mattresses, box spring and mattresses, $59. Bunk beds, $87. A love seat, $98. Uh, full size, well, we already said that. Baby crib, $24. A piano in 1950, $1,000. Now, here comes the grocery part, right? Chickens, 43 cents a pound. I get excited when it's $1.99 a pound, right? Chuck roast, 59 cents a pound. That's not happening. If you're getting chuck roast for 59 cents a pound, you better watch out, okay? Because it's not going to be good, right? Family style loaf of bread, 12 cents for the entire loaf. Frozen chicken pie, 19 cents. Frozen green beans, 24 cents a pound. Gerber baby food, you know, the little jars, 10 cents each. A jar of grape jelly, 19 cents. Grapefruits, 25 cents for six of them. Hamburger meat, now here's one. Now you can, you know, a lot of us getting ready for tomorrow, right, buy hamburger meat. 89 cents for three pounds. Now, no. And what do we have, five different grades of meat, right? We have super, super lean. And then we have super, super fatty, and I go super, super fatty because that's super, super cheap, right? That's what I do, right? Right? Heinz cream of tomato, 25 cents for two cans. So prices change up and down, and it is a sacrifice to have to pay more for things than we're used to having to pay, isn't it? It is a sacrifice when we have to go and shell out more or, or do a little extra when something is coming down our way. But, you know, this morning is as fun it is as to talk about the price of goods and services. That's not what this question is really about. What's it going to cost me? When I ask that question, I want you to think, what's it going to cost me? But here's how I want you to think about it. What does it cost me to be a disciple of Jesus in 2021? What is my portion of the sacrifice? If I, I'm here, I've signed up, I'm saved, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to go and make disciples uh, like Jesus told us to do when he ascended into heaven. He said, go and make disciples. I want to be that. So what is the cost for me in 2021, in the year 2021, what is my cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ? What is my portion of the sacrifice? What is it going to take for me to be that Christian, to be that strong Christian that's going to withstand everything going on around me and all the temptations and all the chaos and see my family and my loved ones and my neighbors and my friends come to Jesus Christ? What is it going to take for me as a member of Friendship Church calling this home, see this church do all it wants to do and all it can do, what is my portion? portion of the sacrifice going to be. See, we know what Jesus' was. He gave his life, and I am so thankful this morning that he did because I would be lost without Jesus. I would be lost without his sacrifice on the cross, his life. Because, see, he forgives and he restores. And as last time I checked in 2021, he's still in the healing business. He's still in the restoring business. He's still in the bringing hope and joy business. He's still into speaking to his body as he did this morning through tongues and interpretation. He still does that in 2021. Let us never lose sight of those things that he does. This morning we're going to be in Luke chapter 14 verses 25 through 27. Very small portion of text there. Luke chapter 14 verses 25 through 27. And here is what that says this morning. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them he said, if anyone comes to me 
and does not hate father, mother, wife, and children, brothers, and sister, and yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. See, this was a question asked of Jesus. And he lays it out very boldly, very plainly. In fact, even when I read this today and the many years I've looked at this and studied this, I think, wow, that's a profound statement. That's a bold statement. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, children, brother, sister, yes, even their own life, and if you can't carry your own cross, they cannot be my disciple. You see, Jesus is giving us the answer of what it's going to take to be a Christian and the cost of being a Christian in the year 2021. You see, you read this and sometimes you think, now wait a minute. That's a little brutal, right? That's a little harsh. I mean, you know, Jesus is of love and wouldn't he want us to love our fathers and our mothers and our sisters and our own life? I mean, isn't that what this is about? And, and we've got to look deep and we've got to understand that it took an abundance of love for Jesus to say his answer. And for him to speak so boldly and so profound. Because in essence, he's not asking you to hate your mother. He's not asking you to hate your father. He definitely doesn't want you to hate your own life, the very person he created in his own image. In fact, look in the mirror a little bit more and say, man, you are looking good. Because I'm looking up here and y'all are looking good this morning. He created us in his image. He loves us, right? But what it means is this. If we are going to stand the test of time as long as he tarries and be the follower of Jesus, we need to be to be that Christian all the way to make it to either pass from this life or he returns from his church. we got to be willing to sacrifice everything and not hold on to anything because we love it too much or we care about it too much. You see, in this life, unfortunately, we're going to lose loved ones. That's the worst part of life. We're going to lose those that we love. But Jesus is saying, because you lose someone you love, don't stop serving me. That's part of life. In this life, we are going to lose our possessions. Storms are going to come. You close to the Houston area know that more than probably most people in the United States. Storms come. Things happen. Man, out where we live in the hill country, we had, you know, like snowmageddon, right? It was crazy. We were without water for a week. I could tell you some stories about that. Man, I have to appreciate some water, right? I mean, especially when it came to utility water and having to, you know, flush things, right? That was important. You learn to really, I'm outside, I'm, I'm like, okay, we got to get some water somehow. So we had some on reserve. Then I'm, I'm getting snow and I'm heating it up on the oven. I'm like, I'm crazy. Have I lost my mind? Right, but you do what you got to do when you need water. That's just it. So we know that things are going to be lost and Bad storms are going to happen. Are we going to stop serving Jesus because a hurricane rips our house apart? You see, those are, those are the unfortunate thing about this tainted world that we live in. And in sometimes this life, we have risk of losing our own lives. At some point, if the Lord, uh, if we go before the Lord returns, we will pass from this life. I'm not trying to depress you this morning. I'm just telling you, we don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. I'm not going to stop serving God because I might get an accident on the way home. In fact, I'm going to serve him even more. Because I know I don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. And every time I step out of the door, there is a risk involved. 
You see, the cost of serving Christ has to be top priority in our life. We have to be willing to sacrifice everything because the enemy is getting sneakier. And he's got targets on those that are serving Jesus. Can I just tell you that this morning? I don't mean to make you fearful, but you're serving Christ. You're sold out for God. The devil does not like it, and he's going to do anything he can to come after you. But you know what? We've got power over the enemy this morning. We've got power on our side. Jesus in us is stronger than the devil trying to scheme and do anything he can outside of us. Don't think for one minute the devil can have a foothold on your life and your family when you're serving Jesus Christ. You start praying, you start telling the enemy to leave, and he will go. Because he fears a praying woman. He fears a praying man. He fears someone who is serving Jesus. So if we're going to make it and we're going to estimate the cost of being a Christian, we've got to be willing to sacrifice anything. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, you asked, how can you be my disciple? You've got to be willing to let it all go. All of it. There is nothing that can hold you to this world. Because if you think 2020 was bad and 2021 the way it started, can I just tell you something? There may be some good seasons and bad seasons throughout, as there has been in our history of a nation. But things are only going to get harder. It says so in the Bible. Things are only going to get more challenging. We're going to have to dig our roots, our our feet in, and serve Jesus more than we ever have before. It's going to take some of us praying a little bit more. Reading the word a little bit more. Having some real love bull talks to some people that we love. Saying, your direction, I love you, but you're leaning down a path that's going to lead to destruction. You need to come and let me show you a better way. There are people looking for hope and joy, and we need to be the ones showing them. We're the church. You're the church. You're what this community needs. You were placed here for such a time as this, for such a season as this. For such a moment in this. There's been great moments in our past, and the church has done amazing things. But the challenge for the church still lies ahead. Because we're living in a culture that's unchurched. Grandma and grandpa, like back in the day, you went to church, right? It was just what you did. There are people right here in this community of Richmond who've never stepped foot in a church. They don't know Jesus. But oh, I'm so glad they have Friendship Church. I'm so glad they have you sitting here waiting to be that love, to be that joy, to be that, that reception for them. That when they find it, you'll give them a place to be discipled. So the cost of being disciples, I, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, it's kind of like that same process that goes in our mind when we make a purchase. Right? The cost of, the, the decision to choose Jesus in 2021 is very similar to the process we make when we go shopping. Now raise your hand if you like to shop. Come on, be honest this morning. Oh, come on, be honest this morning. We're in church, okay? Like, oh, come on, I'm just going to say it. All these are like, I ain't going to raise my hand. My husband will yell at me, Right, And there's some guys in here, they're looking at the ladies, but you shop more than the wives, okay? I mean, let's just be real. You're, you're thinking right now, he said Corvette. Now that's got me thinking, right? I need a new fishing rod. I need a new something. There's guys, right? My wife says I am the worst shopper in the world. I don't know. She's not here, so she can't defend herself. It's all right, right? I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to certain things, I just don't like, I'm like, you just go ahead Pick me out something, I'll be fine, right? I go look at stuff that, I think that's what guys do, right? But I do like to look around. So this process this morning, we're going to walk through it, all right? The cost of being disciple, the process that goes in your head, here's the first step. you got to choose. you got to choose. 
In this world of buying and deciding, the first thing you're going to do when you're shopping is you're going to choose, right? That's what shopping is. You're going to go and you're looking around. And now we're all techno savvy because we can sit at home in very comfortable clothes and we can look online. And we can find out what store has what. If I want to order it from somebody, if you want to deliver it to your door. I mean, it's an amazing time to be shopping, right? Some of you get nervous because you're like, man. They can shop more than they ever had before. You used to have to get in a car and go to the store. Now you can sit at home and shop on the couch, right? But you've come to the realization that you need something. So you have to choose. What do you need? What are you going to buy? There's many people in the world today that feel like they don't need God. But see, we have to be the church and show them that they do. We have to be the church and show them that there's a better way. There's a different route they can take that will lead to a much better outcome. See, they feel like they can do it themselves. And I've been there before. I mean, I am a guy after all. We don't like to ask for help. So sometimes I'll say, I got this. And in my mind, I'm going, I really don't got this. But I'm going to act like I do because I'm a guy. And we'll sit there and I'll try and I'll try and I'll be like, I got this. I'll try, I'll try. Then I'll do the, the next, I'll go on YouTube and try to find a video. Somebody else has got to have done this before, right? And then I don't find that. And then eventually I get around to telling my wife, I don't know what I'm doing, honey. Help me out, right? And then usually she comes in and fixes it, right? Takes care of the problem, right? Men, we need our ladies, amen? Okay, all right. You better say amen louder. They're listening. Okay. We feel like they can do it. We, we, have, a, we have a society of people who feel like they can do it themselves. Can I tell you when we do it without God, we do it without hope. We do it without joy. We do it without peace. We do it without a clear plan or a clear wisdom. When we try to do things without God in our life, it's going to be very stressful. And it's stressful enough with God in our life. But when we set God aside and we say, you know what, God, I've been praying about that plan. And I'm telling you what, your ideas were good, but I think I got a better way. Come on, we can't do that because God's got the way. If we need wisdom, if we need a plan, we need to look to God. To me, serving Jesus just for the hope is reason enough to serve him. To follow Jesus just to have the hope. Because if you watch the news, if you go out in society, there is a lack of hope. So serving Jesus is reason enough for me because I need hope. See, a lot of people, they're choosing the cost of things. They're looking around. And unfortunately, they're picking the cheaper things that the world has to offer. No, we've got to show them there's a better way. Again, I'm off of frugal shopping. But there comes a time when you can't buy cheap stuff. You have to choose. Right now, what I do is I'm kind of a middle-of-the-road guy. Like, I won't buy necessarily the cheapest thing, but I don't buy the most expensive thing. I kind of trying to find something in the middle, right? And out, out our way, there's really popular, like, resale shops, right? You know, people go and have all kinds of vintage stuff, and it's really cool. And, I, and I'm amazed by the prices. I'm like, this old broken fan that looks all rusty and dusty is $100? It doesn't even work. And they say, well, that's a decor piece. A decor piece? For what? It doesn't do anything. It's like, no, people put it in their house. They want them, right? So one day I was up in my mother-in-law's attic. Guess what I found? A Sears. It was like 1945 old rusty metal fan that didn't work. I said, babe, you know those fans you've been wanting to buy? Yeah, yeah, you know, we can't afford that. I said, I got you one for free right here. Look at here. And that fan sits nice in our room as a decor piece and doesn't do anything. It's there. It's nice. It's beautiful, Right? But vintage, I like, I like vintage stuff, but there comes a time you can't buy cheap. For instance, I don't want to get on an airplane and the captain stand there and go, boy, we got a good deal on this guy that we're going to be taking you across the ocean in this morning. No, I don't want a cheap airplane. 
right? It's just not going to work for me. I, I don't like airplanes as it is. I mean, I fly, I do what I got to do, but, you know, amen, I'm, I'm good, right? I don't, want to, I don't want a car that's going to be cheap and not make down the road, right? You know, sometimes like, here's the car, it's a great deal. Great, but you got to buy the keys. Buy the keys? Doesn't the keys come with a car? I mean, I don't get how you not get keys with a car. You don't want cheap medicine, okay? you, you got to get medicine, get the real stuff, get you what you need. You definitely don't want a cheap ladder, okay? I've been around some churches. I've pastored churches where they have ladders from, from the medieval times. And, and I'm like, i got to change the light bulb. I better check my insurance policy make sure my life insurance is up to date. Right? You don't need a cheap ladder. You don't need a cheap knife, okay? Now, they teach you that in Royal Rangers, right? We got any Royal Ranger folks in here? Come on, yeah, they teach you that, right? Dull knife is worse than a sharp knife. Come on, we need good, sharp knives. And, and the list goes on, but there comes a time when you're choosing. So that's the first step, you choose. So in 2021, we're going to choose to serve Jesus no matter the cost. That's the first step. The second thing that goes in our mind is we got to decide, are we willing to pay what they're asking for? So step number two, are we willing to pay the cost of what it is? So when you're shopping, you've already decided, I need to get something. This is what I need. You're, you're honing in on the item. And then you decide, are you prepared to pay the cost? Now, this is the part where you kind of browse and you look around and you do things. You may look at some stores and go, they're crazy for asking that price for that. I just saw that down the street for half the cost, right? This is that part where you go, okay, am I going to pay what they're asking for? And this phase will typically get people. Right, this is where sometimes I think I'm, I've chosen, I need this thing. And I go shopping, I don't need that thing anymore. Right, these prices are insane. We'll just have to wait on that. Right, we were going to build a, a, another addition to our deck out where we just built. And I went and looked at lumber and I'm like, we don't need a deck right now, honey. We'll get some gravel, we'll put it down, we'll put the table there, boom, we're good. Right, we're going to hold off on that. But you got to research, you got to find, you got to get, get the real thing. You see, I hear people say, well, I don't want to be a, I don't want to serve Jesus. There's just too many rules. Rules? I don't see rules. I see protections. I see a way of life that's going to keep me from struggling and going through a lot of things that I could avoid if I didn't know otherwise. You see, when Jesus says, hey, don't lie. Don't lie. It's wrong to lie. He's saving us from a lot of headache because when we start lying, it just becomes a problem after a problem after a problem. And before we know it, we don't even know what the truth is. See, there's reasons he wants us to live a certain way. So they're not rules. They're things that will set us free. So the second step is that, okay, first we decided. We chose what we wanted. The, the second part, we're, gonna, we're deciding that we're going to pay this cost. Now the third part, here comes the fun part, but here co also comes the tough part, right? The buying it. I've made it. I've chosen. I need something. I'm prepared to pay what they're asking for. So I, I've chosen to serve Jesus in 2021. I'm prepared for what all that's going to take. But now comes the time to making the commitment to say, yes, I'm going to shell out what it's going to take. I'm going to put forth the effort. No more talking. No more shopping. No more looking. Here it is, right? We have arrived at the purchase phase, right? This is a, it's a good phase. But it's a difficult phase because this is where you take your back, you know, you start digging out your wallet. You start looking inside of it. And you go, wow, I didn't realize I had that much in there. It looks pretty good. I don't normally have that much in there. Do I want to take it out? Ladies, they go through their purse, you know. Pull out that checkbook, right. Pull out those debit cards, right. And the husbands start to sweat. Like, oh, man, what are they doing, right. It's the most difficult phase, right. Laying it out. This is it, right. And at this point, we can also be influenced 
by salespeople. We got any salespeople in the house? Any salespeople? Come on. Okay, good. We can say whatever we want about salespeople. No, they may be watching online. We don't want to say that, right? But if a good salesperson can influence you to maybe change your decision for something more expensive, right? You get to that point, your wallet's out, your cash is out, and you're there, and you're like, sales guy says, you know, whenever they say, you know, and they pause, run. Just run. But they say, you know, we can maybe, you could upgrade, right? Or you go to buy a big purchase, and they want to add all these things to it. You're like, I just want this one thing, right? I want to get out of here. The greatest thing is, you know, they want to sell you a warranty with everything you buy, right? You get to the register, you're all, you, you're ready, you're committed, you got your wallet out, the money's there. Would you like to buy a two-year? Well, okay, well, how much is it? It's $40, but this only costs $35. Why would I pay $40 for a, this is it, but this is this thing. I, I, I was once the worst salesman ever. When I was, prior to ministry, I grew up in an AG home. My dad was pastor, still pastoring today, but I was one of those, never going to pastor, not going to happen, no way. So, you know, I, I, I went in the business world and, uh, then I became a firefighter paramedic, and while I was going to school, I worked at Sears, back when Sears existed, right? I was a salesperson in the TV department when they had big, wide TVs that were like, you know, tubes and everything, right? No flat screens at all. So, so they had a TV, a guy came in, he wanted a TV, and I said, look, I said, this TV right here, you can get a Best Buy for $50 cheaper. He looked at me and said, are you crazy? I said, no. He said, you're supposed to be selling me a TV, man. I said, yeah, I'm not good at this. I just feel bad for you. I think you should get a better deal. I didn't last very long at Sears, okay? I'm just, I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. In fact, if there was a award for the worst salesman, I'm all over that. I'm all over that. But this is the part in 2021, folks, when we got to say, I'm committed. I know what I need. I know what the cost is. I'm committed. I'm all in. I'm laying down what it's going to take no matter what happens. I'm laying it down. And then the fourth step, we've, we've chosen something, we've determined that we're willing to pay the price, we bought it, we've committed, we're all in. And now it's not time to sit that item on a shelf, unless it belongs there. Now is not the time to never open it and let it get dusty. We've got to use it. It's 2021. There are people who do not know Jesus. It's time for us to be used of God to do great and mighty things to show them that Jesus is real. And that Jesus loves them. And that Jesus wants to forgive them. And this is the most useful step. The using it part. Now I don't know what your you know, habits are, but there's a lot of people, they'll buy something. And it goes and sits in a garage. And they forget they even have it. And then they'll go buy the same item again. You ever gotten the same birthday present for somebody in your family year after year? Either they're trying to tell you something. Or their memory isn't all that good, right? It happens. It happens. It's happened to me. I thought, well, you know, that's just that's sweet. They didn't realize it got me the same book. Maybe I need to read it twice. I don't know. But the using it part. Being a disciple of Jesus means being used of God for whatever he wants to do through you. Because in this room there are many giftings and talents and abilities. And there's people from all different backgrounds with great resources who can help people come to Christ. And he wants to use each and every one of you for a great and mighty thing. Don't sit here and go, I cannot be used of God. I am worthless. I have nothing to offer. That is a lie from the enemy. You have something to offer. Each and every one of you in here and watching online has something they could be doing for Jesus. I used to tell our church back in Texas City, I, I had some senior saints, and we'll just leave it at that, right? Because nobody likes you to say how old they are. 
And they would tell to me, oh, it's time for the younger generation. I'm, I'm done. I can't do anything. I said, the younger generation can't do it without you. They need you praying. They need you smiling. They need you clapping. They need you laughing. They need you speaking wisdom into their life. You see, they thought their time was over, but your time is not over until the Lord comes back or you leave this place. God wants to do something through you. He wants to do something through you and through Friendship Church. If it doesn't get used, it's no good. What does it tell us? Salt is good. But if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? You ever had food that didn't have enough salt in it? You ever had to go on a diet where you couldn't have salt? You suddenly didn't like your doctor all that much. You're like, thanks, doc. This is punishment, right? The buying process is similar to what it's going to be to serve Jesus in 2021. We've got to choose. We've got to be willing to pay whatever it's going to take. We've got to commit. I'm going to buy it. I'm all in. This is what I'm going to do. And most importantly, we've got to use it. We've got to use it. We've got to allow ourselves to be used of God to do great and mighty things. I'm going to bring this for a close if Pastor Vic wants to come and maybe play something on the guitar as I bring this, bring this in for a landing. We're getting close to the runway here. The tower's clearing us in. See, there's things that we buy that if they don't get used, they rot. One time I bought some strawberries, put them in the refrigerator, suddenly had to go out of town for a week. They didn't get used. Came back. Strawberries no good. You wouldn't want to eat them. The deer in our area didn't want to eat them. They were bad. They didn't get used. They didn't serve their purpose. They were grown to be strawberries for us to eat. Now, it wasn't our fault that we got called out of town. We should have thought maybe put them in the freezer, but we didn't. You see, in 2021, we've got to be the type of Christian that says, Lord, use me. It's not being prideful. We need to be the church that says, Lord, use us. You see, you, you've got some new leadership coming in. And they're going to want to hear you say, Lord, use me. Pastor, what can I do? Because if you've never pastored, you don't know. Sometimes it's very lonely and sometimes you wonder, whoo. But see, I, I know some of you and have worked with Friendship Church before, and I, I know that in this room, there's not lazy people. They're willing. You're willing. But see, that needs to be made known. And not only to your pastors, but to each other. Because you guys have walked a transition together. It's an amazing achievement. I'm just going to be real with you. That's an amazing achievement. But now you continue to work with each other and be that unified friendship church. Can I tell you the enemy hates unified churches? The enemy will run down to Jesus, but he will hightail it out at a unified church filled with the Holy Spirit because he knows he has no ground. He can't sneak his way in. 
So in 2021, we've got to do these things and we've got to commit more to read the word, to pray, to be allowed God to use us. And, and look, not just Sunday morning or Wednesday night or Thursday night or whenever you have midweek or however the schedule looks in the coming future. It's when you're not here and you're at work and the Holy Spirit is telling you, go talk to that person, go do it. You say, I don't know what to say. I don't know how I'm going to act. He'll give you the words. Allow yourself to be used. Because in this room, I see people who could do a mighty work for Jesus. And I'm not just telling you that. That's not even in my notes. I'm just feeling that this morning. I'm feeling that there's a body of believers in this place ready to do something major for God. You've done a great work. You've had a great leadership that was called to a different location. But God's not done. And he's going to continue to work. And there are people moving and growing, moving faster into this area than you could ever think. And they need Friendship Church. Being that disciple. Being willing to commit, commit it all and do it all. You see, that's where church health starts. So I start, I end where I started. Church health. What does it take? People ask me, what is a healthy church, Pastor Jim? What, what is a healthy church? Is it one that's running 800 people? Is it one that's got the best worship team in the world and all these fancy lights and smoke everywhere and the greatest audio? Is it, is it one that can, you know, do all these great outreaches? No, it's one where a body of believers is unified around a certain vision that is given by the, to the leadership of the church. And when that leadership casts that vision, and the church catches a hold of it and works together as a group, witnessing and loving and taking care of people in their community. No matter the size, that is a healthy church because that's what the early church did. The early church, I mean, we did it. There's nothing wrong with it. Do not misunderstand me this morning. We would count people. And they tell me on Monday morning, Pastor, we had 250 today. That's great. I, want, I love that we had 250. That's not even what it's about. It's about are we mobilizing the 250. And I didn't learn that until later on. So don't ever lose sight of what God wants to do, Friendship Church. He wants to do great and mighty things through you. And with who God is sending, he wants to do great and mighty things. And I believe in the days ahead, and if the Lord tarries, and as difficult as times are going to be, can I tell you that when you commit fully, he will work through you. Remember, what we're committing to outweighs any warranty, outweighs any item you've ever bought in your entire life. When you commit to Jesus, you're not going to need a refund. You're not going to need to take him back. He's not going to stop working all of a sudden. He's not going to just quit and you have to put new batteries in him. He's not going to go bad. He's going to continue to work all the time, each and every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's going to be with you. He will walk with you. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's right there in the midst of our storm. When we're in the trenches, when we're going through the wars, he will be right there with his hand on us. He's Jesus. And he has got you guys. And he has got this church. And he's got this transition. And great and mighty things are coming. So my goal, I was a stinky salesperson at Sears, but I want to be the best salesperson for Jesus that ever walked the planet. And you know how I can do that? Because I know him. I've made mistakes, and I've been forgiven by him. I've gone in the wrong direction, and he steered me back onto the right path. I've thought things, I've done things that I shouldn't. And he said, 
He's healed me. He's brought joy in my life. He's brought hope. When there was fear, he brought greatness. When there was sadness, he brought happiness. And he'll do the same for you. It's a free purchase this morning. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, today's the day to start. It's by simply saying, Lord, I acknowledge that you are the one true Savior. I believe that you are God. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I want to make you Lord and Savior of my life. It's not a prayer that just because I pray you get saved, it's something you have to believe. It can change today. If you're watching online, it's the same thing. It's one prayer away from changing your life and then getting involved in a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled church that will lead and guide you in the right direction. This is how we know what love is. 1 John 3, 16. Jesus Christ lays down his life for us that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and for our sisters. We've got to be willing to waver, do whatever it takes, no matter the cost. Landing gears down, we're almost on the tarmac. Here's how I want to close this morning. I just want to simply ask the question, are you willing? Are you willing? And I know that a lot of times pastors will say, okay, every head bowed, every eyes closed, and that's appropriate at times, but I have a reason I want to do this this morning, and I hope you won't get upset at me, but I want you, if you're willing to say this morning, yes, I'm willing, I want you to raise your hand really high this morning. If you're here to say, I'm willing. I'm willing to be that Christian in 2021. I'm willing, come on, keep them up. I'm willing to do what it's going to take in 2021. Leave them up, come on, raise them up high. All right, now I want you to look around. Now you have permission to look around the room. Get a little nosy, all right? Look around the room. You see, this is what your next set of leadership coming in has to look forward to. You see all these hands risen. You're here saying, we're with you. We've got this. Jesus is going to use us here at Friendship Church. Look at each other. Look at you guys. You're, you're, you're a team. You're unified. You're ready to go. Is God going to do some mighty things through you? Absolutely. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? And I want to pray a prayer of blessing before I turn it back over to Pastor Vic. Because I know that some of you may be tired. This kind of process is tiring. A lot of emotion. Someone you love is called away. Now you're having to learn and go through another process. But I just want to tell you, from the bottom of my heart, as, as representation of church health, fantastic job. Fantastic job. But I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you as the church. So would you bow your head and join me this morning? Your Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for Friendship Church. We're thankful for their past. And we're thankful for their future. We're thankful for the ground that was laid and the work that was done up to just a few months ago. And we're thankful for the work that took place during transition. And we're thankful for the work that's about to take place. We're thankful, Lord, that you've spoken and that you've talked to this leadership team and this committee, Lord God, and they have chosen. And you have confirmed in spirit. We're thankful, Lord God, for all that you do. And we just pray, Lord, for the days ahead. And we pray for those this morning that maybe have never served Jesus before. And, and if they're there, if they're watching online or they're here and, and they say, Lord, for, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you are the one true God. Come into my heart. I, I want to be saved this morning, Lord. If they pray that and they believe that, Lord, that, Lord, you would just send somebody to disciple them. Uh, allow them to just be...
loved and picked up by someone who can show them the path forward, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for all those who raised their hand and said they were willing this morning. What, what an awesome representation, Lord God, of the willingness of a church to work together is represented right here in, Lord, in Richmond, God. And we just thank you for this group. I pray a prayer of blessing over them, their families, their work. Lord, the days ahead, what, 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 what challenges you're going to give them. Lord, the victories, and Lord, in the times where they feel like they're not moving, Lord, keep them unified together, strong and encouraged. And Lord, use them. Let them be the beacon, the lighthouse for this community and beyond. And we give you the glory and praise this morning. And everyone said,